This is National Tea Time. Yes, God, everybody. My name is Laura O'Shaughnessy. I'm your host for National Tea Time. My special guest today is none other than the absolutely fabulous Miss Mahogany Knight. How are you, Mahogany? I am well. How are you, Allura? I am doing as good as the rest of the world is doing. Okay. We're living in a very scary time right now. Ain't that the truth? Yes, ma'am, it is. So tell us a bit about yourself, where you come from, where you're from, and all that good stuff. Oh, certainly. Well, again, as you said, my name is Mahogany, and I live in Springfield, Illinois. I've been in the Midwest for most of my life. I got into pageantry in uh, 1991, my first time in drag, and a man painted me up, and I went to her house and wanted to do a pageant. I didn't have anything ready. I knew I could borrow anything that I wanted from a lot of the local girls because they all wanted me to start in the pageantry system. Right. I was like, oh, no, no, no. The guy I was with at the time, he didn't want any part of that, so I put that on hold, but I always knew that being an entertainer is what I wanted to do. So Anita painted me up. I entered the pageant, and I won every category, and that was in 1991. And I have been competing almost ever since then, only I've taken a break after um, I won US of A at large, and I did a couple other little pageants. But other than that, nothing much. What was your inspirations to go after your dream? Oh, well, like I said, my first time in drag was a pageant. Mm-hmm. So after you win one and you have to give it up, you're like, well, I don't have a title now. I need to go for something bigger. And I was very fortunate at the time that the bar that I worked at, we would always get these amazing guests that would come to Springfield, Illinois. I mean, we had Tommy Ross come through there, Sable Chanel. A lot of the U.S. of A girls would always come through there. And I was like, wow, I could do that. I could do that. But, you know, we're, we're just a little town. So... Just to see them come through that area really was very inspiring for me to look at myself and say, yeah, I think I could do that. I think I could do that. Well, you did it. Look at you now. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) Why did you choose Miss Gay US of A at large? I originally competed for Miss Illinois U.S. of A. When I started competing, I was nowhere near the weight requirement to enter U.S. of A at large. And what is that weight requirement? It is 200 pounds. And I was, I think at the time I started drag, I was 165, 160. And, you know, as you get older, you gain a little bit of weight. And everyone kept telling me, well, especially Anita Man, she's like, just gain 10 pounds, you'll make the requirements. I was like, I am not going to gain weight to enter a pageant when there's so many other pageants that I can enter that I can just enter without gaining the weight. Right. So we would always go back and forth on that. And as it would work out, I gained the weight, not on purpose, but I gained it. And I entered my first U.S. of A at large prelim. It was Miss Indiana, U.S. of A at large. And I believe there were eight to ten girls in the prelim that year. I think it was maybe one of the last preliminaries to Miss USA back in 1995. And I went over with me and my crew. We went over there, and I won. 
or I should say we all won. So they were my team. Right. And we went on to Nationals. Nationals was in Dayton, Ohio that year. And Chelsea Pearl ended up winning that year. I was just so fortunate to make the top 12. Looking back on all the people that I competed with that have went on to win Nationals, uh, let's see, Chelsea won that year. Tina Cass was her runner-up. There was Victoria Porkchop-Pocker was in it. Yes, Victoria. Yes. <laughs> Whitney Page competed that year. Oh. There was Chevelle Brooks, Terry Williams. Girl, these are legends. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was new, and I went over there with no fear because I didn't know anybody. I knew who I was and what I was bringing to the table, but I did not know any of the other big names. I knew Chelsea because she would come through Indiana, and I would go over there a lot to watch her compete because I just and she's amazing. And I knew Dina. I take that back. I didn't know Dina because she grew up in this area. But those are the only people that I really knew. So I was like, oh, well, this is just like sisters. This is fun. We, we're here. Right. Yay, look at me. Not knowing what I was up against. So I was just very fortunate out of all the girls that competed that year to make the top 12. I'm not for sure where I placed that year, but I know I wasn't first, and I know I wasn't last. I think I was like seventh or eighth, if memory serves me correctly. So that was really good for my first year. I was very pleased. Like I've told some other people in the past, uh, just making the 12 is an amazing feat in its own. Yes, it was. I was just blown away now that I look back and I see videos of the girls that I competed against or with that year. Like, oh my God, I really went up with some of the best of the best. You really did. I mean, just that year alone, I was like, wow. And you just look back on all those entertainers who went on to win not only one, but multiple national titles just from that year alone. So I was very pleased. You won Miss Kate USA at large in 2007. That is correct. How many times did you compete for USA at large? <laughs> I like to ask people, how many lives does a cat have? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it took me nine times, nine attempts to go and uh, make that dream come true. I competed eight consecutive years without Whoa. taking a break. From 95, yeah, eight consecutive years. And I took a four-year break, and I was at us of a classic when anita won mm -hmm. just as a spectator and i saw her win and i was like oh my god they're crowning regular girls from the midwest like let me throw my hat in the ring again and uh greg henderson spoke to me like hey you need to come back we miss you you need to come back and i really had no intention of coming back that year but there was just something in me that wasn't fulfilled as far as winning the national title so I got my group together, spoke with my partner at the time, and we talked about it. We knew it was going to be very expensive, and we just wanted to go and do it one more time just to see how things would turn out. And as luck would have it, I did end up getting crowned that evening. As I tell a lot of people, I think it could have went either way between Person Matthews and myself. Looking back on the video, we both have flaws and talent. You have seven judges. And right. maybe if it was a different panel of judges, she might have won. But as luck would have it, the judges were on my side that night. So I was very fortunate to be crowned. It was a tough battle against that girl. Wow. Nine times. <laughs> Nine times. And they only give newcomer three. 
road. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're able to go on and to do other things. Oh, that right. Aren't newcomer. Yeah. Sometimes when I listen to some of the girls, just after the pageant's over and they've been a couple or three times and they're like, well, I've been twice. I guess they didn't want me. They don't want me. They don't want me. It's like, oh my God. Like, girls, if you only knew what you had to go up against back when I was competing, I know it sounds so old school, but back in the day, it was tough. It was really, really tough when you figure the caliber that we were all competing against. Right. The Whitney Pages and the Coffees and the Colexas and the Dinas and the Chelseas and Chevelle and oh my goodness, the list goes on and on and on. And uh, they get so upset because they didn't win on their second try or their first try. Or Some girls do win on their first try, but some girls, it takes them a while. I think Dina might have taken her seven or eight times to win. Right. But she is one of the nation's most revered competitors out there. Oh, absolutely. And that girl competes. I mean, she competes. Absolutely. Well, even just her shows alone she's always wearing something something extravagant (laughs) just not a regular old show she does drag the way it was meant to be absolutely oh absolutely (laughs) yeah i mean her and chelsea are just amazing and of course you know whitney rest in peace but her wardrobe was oh my god just Stunning, just, just absolutely stunning. Yeah. So, if I could give any newcomer or any girl competing today any advice, I would just say if it doesn't happen in the first two or three years, read your score sheets, talk to your friends, and not don't just talk to your friends who are going to tell you everything you want to hear. Talk to the friends that are going to give you that hard truth about, okay, girl, you knew you were not right in this category, and you knew your dance was messed up, or Whatever the case may be, just you need honest people in your corner who are actually going to sit down with you and give you the hard truth and the fact that it just wasn't your year. It just was not your Absolutely. year. It has nothing to do with the panel of judges. It just wasn't your year. And when it's your year, you will know there is going to be something inside of you that you just know. Right. You just know. I can't explain it. It's just one of those feelings you get. What was your thought process of picking a prelim your ninth year, the year you won? My last year going back, uh, I knew I wanted to represent Illinois. Two other owners had purchased Miss Illinois USA at large, and I competed under them as well. And I knew I wanted to go under Illinois, but we didn't have an Illinois at the time. Some of my friends said if I would compete in it, they would pick it up. I was like, well, yeah, I do it. It's right in my hometown. I don't have to go nowhere. I don't have the travel expense of getting dancers or any of that from out of town. So, yes, absolutely. So some of my friends picked up the preliminary. Unfortunately, um, I was the only one that showed up at registration. Uh. Yeah. After being out of the competition ring for four years, I really wanted other people to show up. So that way I could get some win or lose. I needed that competition. Right. I need to compete against somebody before I went back to the big dance. But as luck would have it, I did not get to compete against anyone in the preliminary, but we did have Whitney Page, we had Gina Cass, we had of course Catherine was the reigning at the time. Mm-hmm. So they all gave me wonderful feedback. Wonderful, wonderful feedback that 
literally helped me with my package as I went to compete for nationals. And I was like, why didn't you girls just tell me this years ago? I would have done whatever you told me. Right. Just tell me what I needed to do. Don't wait till it's my ninth time. Like, okay, girl, this is your problem. This is what you need to do. Mm-mm. You always have amazing gown. You just need to spend more money on your talent. I was like, okay, done. And, oh, did we ever spend the money on talent that year? Girl, I can only imagine. I could have such a pretty little buggy to drive around town. Girl. Mm-mm-mm. So let's skip forward to the national pageant. It's final night. They are about to announce top 12. They haven't called your name yet. No. Suspense. They have not. What are you feeling? I'm feeling good because I had one talent in my group. And I knew I'd given a great interview. Even though my gown was big for preliminaries, I knew it wasn't bad. It just could have been fitted a little better, if I'm being honest. So I was like, okay. And I just knew, I was like, please, Lord, do not make me finalist number one. And so they're going through all the finals. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then I'm starting to like, well, damn, I know I made the finals. And so it was finalist number 10. Then they called my name. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. I loved that number. Loved it. Oh, so 10 is your lucky number. I have found that these winners tend to have that one number that helps them. I don't know what mine is, but I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> you will get your lucky number. And after going nine times, heck, I'm, I'm like, okay, because I've been finalist number one. I've been finalist number 12. Going nine times, you get your feel of finalist numbers. But yeah, I'd never been number 10, and I was just very pleased. I was very, very pleased with that number. So refresh my memory. Who was giving up the year that you won? Catherine York was the reigning up. Uh, she won 2006. Okay. And she was out of Texas as well. It's her final number as Miss KUSV at large, 2006. Mm-hmm. Her final number's done... They're announcing the top five. They announce second and first runner-up. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling? Are you feeling like, holy crap, I've won, or, well, nine times and I didn't win. I'm going home. What were you <laughs> feeling in that, in that moment? <laughs> That's a great question. I can tell you that in my heart of hearts, after gown and after talent and everything was done, in my heart of hearts, I felt that I'd won, mm. but until they had crowned me or called my name, I didn't allow myself to feel that joy. I've watched so many videos and been at so many pageants where girls will get the hyper shakes in, like, oh, my God, I won, before they even get their name called. Right. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, and after I was like, okay, I won Final Night Talent. I knew my gown was had to be first or second, um, but I didn't win gown, so I was like, okay, so maybe I was second, maybe first. And I knew my interview was not bad at all. I was like, well, clearly. I was like, I know US of A. And generally, if you have a wind talent and you have a very strong gown, you're pretty much a shoe in to win the crown. Absolutely. All I kept thinking was like, please, Lord, don't crack me. Don't crack me with giving me talent and still not winning the pageant. Mm. <laughs> and so when Dina Cash announced and your new Miss Gay, USLA at large from Springfield, that was it. That's why I don't think she got Springfield out of her mouth before I was like, yeah. 
phone. Slide away, bitch. Slide away. Mm-mm-mm. I'm taking that moment was just a moment of holy crap. <laughs> no, it, it was a moment of holy crap. It was a moment of I finally accomplished one of my dreams. My life was almost a 15-year dream of being a national title holder. It just took me nine times with a little small break in there. But, yeah, it was a dream come true. And to be surrounded by so many loved ones that flew in from all around the country to support me and to be with me on this journey, that meant the world to me. Just to have them there, to look out in the audience and to see them and see their tears, their tears of joy, their their pride that they have for being a part of the team. And it was just one of those moments that I will, I hope to never forget. Please don't let me get Alzheimer's and never, so I don't forget it. Well, luckily we have this and videos. <laughs> you will never be forgotten i promise you that whether you forget or not i just don't want to forget it myself i don't want myself to forget it (laughs) but no it's one of those moments i think uh when you do these interviews i think every entertainer will take you back to that very moment when they won Mm. Mm -mm -mm. i can only imagine since i've only won one pageant, so it's fine. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. It starts with one. You got to get your first one under your belt. Absolutely. You just keep working hard. And, and like I tell the girls, just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean it will not happen. Unfortunately, with the newcomer system and how it's set up, with the three years, you may not be able to become Miss Newcomer, but that's okay. It's a great stepping stone. And Oh, absolutely. Learning tool for other pageant absolutely i agree a hundred percent you've won you're reigning now you are the head honcho in charge what were some of the hardships you encountered and what aspects of your daily life changed from that moment on well it definitely took a toll on my relationship at the time because i was working full-time we were a two-income household and my partner at the time, he wanted me to have the most amazing reign. And so he said, just to quit work and just do your year how you want to do your year. Having said that, it did require me to be on the road a lot, right. to be on the phone a lot. I spoke with every contestant on a very regular basis from the moment they qualified to nationals. I loaned girls down to competing at nationals. One did not have a presentation costume for my presentation, so I gave her one that I had. And you were literally on the phone all the time, every day with somebody new, with promoters, trying to get people to pick up preliminaries. And the girls are feeling weary because such and such is competing at this one, and this is the one they had their heart set on. And trying to keep them encouraged to just go in there, throw your hat in the ring. You never know what can happen. And... It was a lot. You're not only the queen, but you're a coach. You're a business person because you are trying to work out deals with promoters and bars to just bring you in so you can get your name and face out there for the system. It's a lot of work. I don't think a lot of girls realize how much work goes into being a national title holder. I think some girls go into it thinking, okay, I won. My job's over. I don't have to do anything. That's the promoter's job. I know. <laughs> okay, it's like okay, 
Well, you can leave it like that, and the promoter probably will not be happy with you. And I went around and around with a lot of girls on this because there are some big-name girls that feel it's not their job to promote. Their job is to show up, be amazing on stage, collect your money, and go. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, you can be that. But also it reflects in your reign as well. Right. It really does. To this day, since step down, I had 36 girls at my step down who competed. 40 qualified and 36 showed up. So no, that's not bad. Oh, that's no, not that's not bad at all. Number. Yeah. And literally, I was on the phone with the four that didn't show up. I'm like, where are you? I just spoke with you this week. You were ready and you have my gown. Not that she had your gown. Yeah, I was like, you have my gown. <laughs> no, ma'am. Well, you're going to bring it at nationals. And, I mean, it's all good now, but to this date, they haven't had that many at US of A at large yet. And I want them to get those numbers back up there to the 30s, but I understand times are very, very difficult right now. Absolutely. Very difficult. But now they have a whole year, a whole other year. So all you at large girls get it together. You have a whole nother year. Yes, there is a whole nother there year. Are no so excuses. Your packages should be amazing. Once this thing passes, you can get with gown designers to start sketching out beautiful designs and get with a choreographer if you're not one yourself and pull your talent together. Absolutely. I would think in 2021, we probably should see some of the most amazing talent members we've ever seen. Girl, I'm too scared to go <laughs> compete in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I know every single one of these girls who are competing are bringing it next year. They said, oh, well, 2020's not happening? Oh, okay. Okay, I'll see y'all next year. we we'll see how this goes next year. Exactly. I know I wouldn't want to be in any of the big girl pageants next year. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. It's definitely going to be a battle royale, I would imagine, for every system. Oh, absolutely. It should be a, just a major battle because they have so much time. Even though they may not have the income right now, not everybody is able to work during this time. Right. But you can sure start planning for 2021. You can start that now. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. Get together. Yes. What were some of the obstacles you had to overcome during your reign? And how did you overcome those obstacles? I think the biggest obstacles for me to overcome is just being away from my partner at the time. We were very, very close. We did a lot of stuff together. I had my own shows here in town. And so just trying to work around those. As a whole, it was just one of the best years of my life. It really was. And I know that's very cliche to say, but it really was a great year. Did you ever come across anyone who didn't take the title serious while you were Miss Gay USA at Large? There was one bar that I went to, and I was the reigning Miss Gay USA at Large, and they had booked another pageant system oh. at the time. And no, we were all there together. It was great. I mean, she was wonderful. She was Miss Gay America, mm-hmm. and I was Miss Gay USA at large, so they thought her title was better than than mine, so to speak. And I was like, no, we're both saying. We're saying she's just Miss Gay America. I'm Miss USA at large. Right. You both she, worked she hard. She just reigned for different distance. Yeah, exactly. We both get paid for our duties. Which, yeah, but they really 
made me feel less than. And it, it just was like, mm. and I've worked at that bar so many times for many, many years. And it was just really weird when the new management took over. It was just really, I don't know. I left a, not a good taste in my mouth after that show. I can imagine so. That's never a good feeling when a bar seems to like, I don't know, turn on you. Yeah. And I don't want to say that they turned on me, but it was just one of those things where it's like, well, she's Miss Gay America. She is Miss Gay America. Like, yes, she is. She worked very hard. I saw the video. She was wonderful. Yeah, well, they haven't seen my video. Let me show you the video of me. Absolutely. I worked very hard as well. All right. <laughs> like It's like comparing apples to apples, honestly. I mean, they're the same thing, just different systems. Exactly. In that case, it definitely was apples to apples. Mm-hmm. I might have been a bigger, bigger apple, you well, know, a little chunkier apple, but that's okay. The, the bigger they are, the juicier they are. That's what I say. That's what I say. <laughs> but that's about the only one that I can think of. Everybody else and everywhere that I traveled across the country were so respectful of the title, and especially when you walk out in that big old punch bowl of a crown. It's like, oh my goodness. I can only imagine. I want one of those crowns so bad. (laughs) It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's going to happen. You just gotta think positive. Yes, you do. You have to stay positive and just, just know that with a lot of hard work and dedication, it will happen. Right. Absolutely. What was your support system like while you reigned? I know you said you had your partner, who was, of course, very supportive. But what other sources of support did you have during your reign? I had a fantastic support system. I had my best friend that would sew anything that I want. I sew myself. He sewed as well. So he would find, like, just wonderful fabric out on the East Coast and he would send that to me or he's like, hey, girl, I made you something or, hey, sister, I picked you up these heels. I think these would be great. You can wear these to the bar. They're universal. So when you're packing, you don't have to pack like eight different pairs of shoes like you like to do. You can pack one or two or three and these will go with a lot of different outfits, especially for those times where you're booked all weekend. Right. That was the hardest problem for me is trying to pack. I still haven't learned how to do it. And that's being honest. That is being so honest. I still have yet to learn how to pack light. Yeah, that's every drag queen struggle, honestly. No, I've been around a few that come in just a little duffel bag. I was like, that's your whole show in a duffel no, bag. Ma'am. How do you do that? <laughs> but I know, again, I come from a old school way of dragging. I love my feathers and feather back pieces and beaded gowns and rhinestone gowns and big garish mm. jewelry and big old gaudy costumes. I love it. I, I still love the showmanship of it and the sparkles and all that stuff. Same. I used to hate big hair, but I've grown to love and appreciate some good old big pieces of hair. Mm. Just mm. good old yes, bucking hair. ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> with us being men, uh, you know, we're kind of broad. Right. I know my shoulders are broad, and that hair sure helps to hide some of that, camouflage some of that. So, yeah, I like it. (laughs) A lot of people know that when you are a national title holder, you have to work with a lot of different promoters. 
How is working with the different promoters for you? Do you have any significant advice for anyone who might look into being a promoter in the future? I would say for those who are looking to promote, make sure you're getting into it for the right reasons. If you're looking to get into it to guarantee your friend's going to win, you might be better off just sponsoring if you're going to rig it for her to win. Because I've seen pageants, they have rigged it for the girl to win. And it's like, you're not really doing her a service. You're actually doing her a disservice and yourself because now your name's attached to a rigged pageant. And that's never good. No, that's never good. But, you know, there's a lot of great, just normal men and women out there who just want right. to do good for the community, to do good for a friend and want to bring something to the area that maybe they've never seen. So they promote. And I think that's wonderful. Just make sure you take care of the girls, take care of your entertainers. Pageants are very, very expensive, especially from the promoter side. Right. You have your reigning queen you have to take care of. You have to have your prize package and check. And you also have to have your entertainers fees and check. And I've seen it where the promoter has left and left the girls high and dry. And they're like, where's the promoter? Oh, here are you left. I was like, well, we haven't been paid yet. Not good business. So even when I promote, and I still promote, I make sure I have my money up front. Absolutely. As far as I know what my expenses are, I have all that ready. So that way, at the end of the night, whatever contestants show up. So if one contestant shows up, great. If 10 contestants show up, even better. But regardless, I still have enough money to pay all the entertainers and the prize package. And I think that's important because I think so often promoters count on getting eight to 10 girls in their preliminary and three or 400 people walking through the door at five to $10 a pop that those days are long gone. Right. Absolutely. It's not guaranteed like that. And so you have to make sure you do have your money ahead of time. So that way, if that one girl shows up, and she still has to go through the category. She still should be paid, as well as all that wonderful entertainment that you've booked for the evening. They still need paid. Absolutely. In the famous words of Mia Inez, pay your girls. Point blank period. Pay your girls. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Drag is, as you know, drag is expensive. It is so expensive. Absolutely. It's, it can be very rewarding, but it is extremely expensive. Let me tell you. Yes. <laughs> expensive and when you've done it I, I think like a, all the money I've spent doing this oh my goodness I think of the house I could have owned or the car I could have been driving but nothing else has given me that I don't know that joy right. yeah it's just a it's just one of those highs that you get from being on stage and being in front of people I don't know uh, I, it's hard to explain but you're a queen so you understand yeah, I, I do understand. <laughs> Very weird <laughs> thing to try to explain what it's like. It's a feeling that you always want to go back to when you're on stage. And I truly feel if you lose that feeling and you're a drag queen, that's the time to take a step back and take a moment and don't do drag for a while if you lose that feeling. Amen. 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 And I tell people, and whoever's listening to this, I have nothing against. Crackhead. All I'm going to say is the high that people feel when they do crack is the high that we feel on stage. I understand why we have crackheads. 
Because it's so addicting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very addicting. I agree. Very, very addicting. I agree 100%. So please, if you do crack, anybody out there listening, I have nothing against you. Keep doing what you're doing. Be safe. Very that. Don't be dying. It ain't worth it. <laughs> so what was the best piece of advice you received during your reign as Miss Gay USA at large? To enjoy each and every moment. 365 days seems like a long time, but when you are the national representative, it's going to seem like three months. And that's no joke. It goes so fast. You think it's a year. You get a whole year. That year goes so fast when it's broken down into all the preliminaries and you're traveling all across the country and you're busy and you're making phone calls and you're entertaining. It's just, yeah. So just to enjoy each and every moment of this year. Brings me to another question. What is a critique that you received from a judge that made you push yourself to be better? I think the last year that I went, I probably pushed myself further and harder than I ever had because I wanted it to be my last year competing after eight other tries. Like, come on, just tell me what I need to do and when. And it wasn't really a judge. Well, I guess they both had judged me. Whitney Page and Dina had both judged me. And they, they both said, you just need to spend money on your talent. You need to look like the winner in talent like you always look like in gown because your gowns are always amazing. It's just your talent costumes always look cheap. Oh, not cheap. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what they told me. And I appreciated that. Like, well, if you guys would have told me that years ago, damn, I, I would have done whatever I needed to do because I would. I would spend every year two, three, four, five, six thousand dollars on gowns. And I'd always take a good talent, but it, my costume may not have always looked the absolute best. That's fair. And so I respected them. I respected what they said. And that, that way, everything I wore at nationals was beaded, stone, fringed. It was, yeah, I held on to everything that they said. And I think that's important. They were very open and honest with me about right. that. And... I listened. And a lot of girls don't listen. They'll ask for advice, and they'll do the polar opposite of what you told them to do. Like, now, girl, I told you don't wear that, and you wore it anyway. Well, I just feel good in this. I was like, okay, well, here you are. Run her up again. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say I'm not guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. We, we all are. We all think we know best, and when we get cracked enough times for doing the same thing that they told us not to do, we, we learn again. Oh, absolutely. I agree. 100%. Yep. <laughs> but unfortunately, no one had ever told me that my particular costumes looked cheap. Had they said that, I was like, oh, oh, all right, you need to get your shit together. Right. I would have done that in a heartbeat. But no one ever said that on my score sheet. So I was just like, well, what am I doing wrong? It's one of those things like, what am I doing? What is missing? What what What's going on? What is missing with me? Again, I will never forget that. The folks said, you need to up your costume. They, they look cheap. Your gowns are always amazing, but your costumes look cheap. And you know, if Dina or Whitney says your costume look cheap, it look cheap. Period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no arguing with them. So they both have 
No, there is, man. It would be dumb for me to even try and argue. Right. Like, but, but no, there's no but. No but. Just, 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 just shut up, <laughs> girl. Shut up. You're good. Listen. <laughs> so what is your favorite memory from when you were writing? Are there any embarrassing moments, any funny stories you would like to share with the audience? Gosh, I had so many amazing moments. I mean, the promoters, Every preliminary I went to, they really outdid themselves in trying to make sure my accommodations were amazing, to make sure I had enough liquor in my system, and some went above and beyond with that, but I handled it. <laughs> I think probably the most, and, and we laugh about it today, Carabelle, are you familiar with her? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we had not officially met, but I was coming back from a trip. And we stopped in Paducah where she lived and she was hosting the show. And so uh, my partner at the time went out. He and I went out. I was just in boy face and we watched the show. And she was just being a good show hostess and arousing the crowd and they came to us. And she's like, uh, you guys are new. You guys are a couple. And we're like, yes, we're a couple. And again, she has no idea who I am. Right. And I'm guessing... She points to my partner, you're the top, and Ooh. points to me and says, I'm the bottom. Uh, and the whole crowd, of course, goes crazy. And I'm like, well, why would you say that? And she's like, because you just look like a big old bottom. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. And so he is totally turning red and laughing because he knows quite opposite. And I'm just like, she has no idea. No she has no idea. But I'm going to get her at the end of the show. But, of course, I, you know, I play along with it. And so at the end of the show, I say thank you for uh, a great time. We had a blast. And she thanked me for the support. And I was like, by the way, I am Mahogany Knight with Gay US of A at large. And I loved your show. Her mouth dropped. She was like, oh, oh my God. Girl, I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I did not know. I did not <laughs> Oh, my Lord. The crowd loved it. The crowd absolutely loved it. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about, making sure that the crowd has a good time. And just to see her face. Uh, That's hilarious. It's so funny. It was just one of those moments we always laugh about. She was just recently in my birthday show in March before Miss Corona stopped and shut everything down. And we laughed about it again then. So, yeah, I love that girl. We all know that a national title holder travels a lot. They're on the road more times than they are at home during the year. What did you learn about traveling with drag? With the crown, the earrings, the hair, the gowns, the shoes. What did you learn? What did you take away from that? If you're someone that is easily embarrassed traveling as a national representative with your crown... and jewelry and just be prepared to have a lot of questions to answer when you're getting ready to get on a flight because they're going to want to take it out. They're going to see it. You have people in front of you, the people behind you. They're going to want to show everybody. Oh my God. They want to take pictures with you. Just embrace it. Just embrace it. Have fun with it. Again, it's 365 days. It goes so fast. And these are all the things that you'll look back on and think, wow, that was a pretty cool moment. So, yeah, just be prepared to answer a lot of questions in the airport. 
interesting. I didn't really think about that. That is that that's definitely gonna be definitely gonna be fun to do <laughs> eventually. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You might not want to be shy. <laughs> the first time I was very shy and scared because I was like, Oh my goodness, how am I gonna get through the airport? People are gonna ask questions and I was like, Oh my god mm. and, and you just you just get used to it. You just and speaking with other national title holders, it's like, girl, just get used to it. Embrace it. And just embrace it. And so that's what I've done. That's what I did. Just embrace it. It was fun. It was, and then they just treat you so kindly. I never got no first class upgrade or nothing like that, damn it. But, <laughs> but I was never treated rudely or, or ever disrespected. That, and honestly, that's pretty great in itself. And all of my luggage always showed up. So I was always thankful for that. <laughs> always thankful for that. See, that's why I don't fly. I'm terrified of losing my luggage. That was my biggest fear, is like to get to a preliminary with no makeup and no costumes. Oh, my, I would just die. I would just die. I think a lot of girls would. Uh, uh, well, not even just girls. Entertainers in general. If nothing showed up. That's correct. Oh, I was like, what do you do? <laughs> you better hope and pray someone around there is your size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's interesting. We're going to skip forward. It is the national pageant for 2008. It's your final performance as Miss Gay US of A at Large 2007. What are you feeling during this significant moment? Oh, I thought I was going to be just a bucket of tears for my very final um, performance, but I wasn't. It was a sense of pride and accomplishment. That whole weekend in uh, San Antonio when I stepped down was just amazing. I mean, the, even doing it in Tursa's bar where the year before she placed runner-up. She was so kind, and the city of San Antonio and Texas and all the yeah, places that I've been, it's like they all came together to celebrate me in that moment. And I just just one of those moments where it's like, wow, you're happy, you're sad, just let it go, but you're happy to pass it on and to allow another girl to get the chance to experience what, you just experienced. And for me, it was like I was passing it on to my daughter because I'd been to all the preliminaries and mentored and was on the phone with all the girls throughout uh, the year and especially leading up to that week. So they were all there cheering me on and, and just for my final number. And it was just magic. It was just magic. So I wasn't boohoo sad. I was just one of those like, wow. This is it. This this is the end of this year, and some girl will get this, and that made me happy knowing that another girl would get to experience what I literally just experienced, and it was amazing. I can imagine. I can see that. I've noticed just going to watch National Patches, even if it's been a rough week or what have you, it seems like everybody just comes together for that one moment for the person giving up. They do. It's just it's just emotional for everybody in the damn room. <laughs> 
room. Because <laughs> you got the top 12 girls going, hurry up. I want to get, I want to go home. My feet hurt. <laughs> right, exactly. And trust me, I heard that a lot. Oh. I, I think my, I think I timed it beyond that kind of person. I think it was like 21 minutes. I mean, they just kept looping and looping and looping and looping and looping because people were giving me all their money. I was like, oh, my God. And you can definitely tell how your year has went by your final number. Oh, I can only imagine. That's how you can measure your year is by your final number and the love that people show you. Oh, I was speaking with LaWanda Jackson. And we both share that same mentality. Mm. Uh, you can tell how your year goes by your step-down number. What were your songs for your step-down? One of them was the family song, and it's uh, Seasons of Love. Oh, I love that song. I did that one. I did, um, because it, it just really speaks about your year and friendship and love. And oh, my God, it was just everything. I did A New Day by Celine Dion. And another Celine Dion song. And they just kept looping and looping and looping. And you can just see the girls. <laughs> like, bitches, you don't get off the damn stage. <laughs> Leave us alone. Our feet hurt. They're going to turn the lights on. <laughs> Not turn the lights on. <laughs> well, you know, most places, they require, require everybody to be out at, like, a certain time. Five o'clock all around. Guess what's going to happen? Yeah. Guys, come on, you got to get out. That's why I think they should start them earlier. Oh, absolutely. They should just start the pageant earlier. So that way the girl stepping down can get her proper farewell and the girl that gets crowned can get her crowning number. I hate when the girls absolutely. are not allowed to live that moment. It's just like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Now, who did you crown? I crowned the late. Lady Taj Mahal. And if you don't know, Lady Taj Mahal was the emeritus to US of A newcomer. That is correct. That is correct. See, I know my history, some of you it. You know your history. <laughs> you know your history. <laughs> so many may not know that you are the emeritus to National Showgirl. What was it yeah. like representing a completely brand new system? It was very difficult because. No one knew anything about it, so you're literally picking it up from the ground, and you're trying to right. get people to come on board and to sign up and to – even though a lot of people love beautiful showgirl costumes, and I will say that when all the girls are on stage together in their showgirl costumes, it is visually the most beautiful sight you could ever see because you have all these beautiful feathers of – all different from all different kind of birds and all these sparkles and oh, it's just gorgeous. I can imagine. Uh, but for me, I, I was having some relationship trouble at the time, and so instead of fulfilling the rain, I stepped down to save my relationship at the time. I never officially got to go to any of the preliminaries, okay. but Scott. Sabani still kept me on as the emeritus, even though I had to, I didn't have to, I chose to right. step down to save a relationship. I mean, you, you really have, I've always said that your life takes precedent over anything else. Your life right. and your family always come first, regardless yeah. of anything that's going on. What, 
regardless of anything else that goes on. Mm-hmm. So you truly had to do what you felt was necessary. Um, and I'm sure even if you were to stay, if you were to stay to go to the preliminaries, you would have done fan- fantastically. They wouldn't have asked you to be the emeritus at the first place if they didn't have faith in you. That is correct. That 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 is correct. I had um, lots of wonderful plans. Uh, I had literally there were flyers out there with my picture on it, and I'm like, oh my gosh! They already got flyers made for it was a preliminary in California, and I did not get to go to that. <laughs> but you did make sure to get a picture of the crown. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Those crowns and, are one uh, of my favorite crowns I think I've ever seen. If you have never seen yes. the National Showgirl crowns, look them up on Facebook or their website. They are some of the most stunning crowns. They are absolutely beautiful, beautiful. I uh, I hated giving it back, but it was the right thing to do. <laughs> Oh, mm. I think Scott should just give me another one just because I'm still the emeritus and I think I'm the only one that doesn't have one. Uh, well, think of it this way. Could you could you compete for any of the other uh, national showgirl titles? Like, uh, don't they have national showgirl at large? Yes. Yes, I could do at large and... Um, yeah, I would compete for National Showgirl at large, and I've been asked to do so, but right now I'm not sure what I want to do, if I want to do anything again. I have friends who are really wanting me to do one more pageant, and I was like, well, I don't know yet. I, I don't know. I have other things I'd like to get done first, like paying off my car and my home, right. and then... If there's money left, then maybe I could think about that. But I don't know. I I can't say with certainty what I will do. But you never know. You never know where my name will be on a contestant roster. Well, I'll be looking. That's for sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What would be some advice you could give to any future contestant of Miss Gay USA Bay at Large and Miss National Showgirl? When you're preparing for nationals, make sure you're preparing for each and every category. I mean, some people take interview for granted, and then they get in there, and they some get starstruck by the panel. Some just totally freeze. Some just have no idea how to do an interview, and it's not their fault. Maybe they just have not had the opportunity to do so, or maybe they just don't have the skill set. I'm not for sure, but I but what I've seen more times than any is girls will come in there ill prepared for interview. It's like, okay, well, name some formers and they can name maybe one. The one that just that's raining. Oh that was at their preliminary is like, oh my, do your homework. That's what I would definitely tell them is to do your homework for the interview category get a gown that fits you and to model your gown before you get to nationals. So that way you're comfortable in it. You're comfortable walking the gown. The gown's not walking you. Absolutely. And then talent, I've always been told, is to 
tell a story. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you always want to leave the judges on a high note. Absolutely. That is what I've always tried to do. That's what's been instilled in me from the very, very beginning is to tell a story and to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Absolutely. So that would be my advice. And, and coming from a dancer's perspective, you always want to model a talent like a story. I mean, that's just the most feasible yes. way to to do a talent. Granted, I've had troubles with that in the past, but I'm, I'm quickly learning that it's really important to tell a story. And as far as gown goes, not only does it need to fit you, but it needs to fit your personality. Mm-hmm. I have found that you aren't here. I found that just because you have a beautiful gown doesn't mean it's your gown. Correct. It might fit you beautifully. It might correct. fit make my your hair might be quaffed up and beautiful, and your earrings might shine like diamonds in the sky. But if it's not fitting you as a person, it's gonna show all over that stage. Yep, that is correct. <laughs> And we see that way too often. Absolutely. You can look at like that in her gown. That in her gown. That is not her gown. Absolutely. Or it's just she's not comfortable in the gown. Or for me, I can look at their face and it's like I'm not believing what they're selling. And that's what talent. I mean, just because you do a great dance number, if you're not selling it through your face and through your emotions, then the judges are not going to be engaged. Sure, you hit every move. But did you have fun? Did you put any passion behind it? Oh. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So my last question is, drag, as we all know, is an ever-changing art form. What do you want to see change in the pageant world? Meaning what part of the pageant world has changed that you wish they would bring back? Well, what I would like to see change is a lot of pageants are wrapped around holidays, like Continentals always around Easter weekend. I think uh, USA at large or USLA is around Memorial Day. It's really hard for people to pick and choose where they're going to spend their money, especially in this tight economy. Right. And the girls who compete for Continental, they know they don't have a choice where they're going to be for Easter. And, and there's a lot of spiritual girls that compete, even though uh, they may not go to church every Sunday. They would like to worship on uh, Easter Sunday, and but they really want to be Miss Continental Elite or Continental Plus. So, of course, they make that trip to Chicago and they skip out on their faith. And I don't know. I just so many weekends, available weekends in the year. Does it have to be around the holiday? Do pageants have to be around the holiday? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just going by what has been spoken of. And I've been a contestant right? and supported contestants who have went on to compete over the Memorial Weekend, or going into Memorial Weekend, and I've competed over Easter Weekend. And I just always felt weird because... My mother was a very spiritual lady, and she would love to have all of her boys go to church with her on Easter Sunday. We we did we were able to do that before, but that's what I would like to see change. I love uh, how Showgirl. Uh, there's no written score sheet, 
Really? Everything that no, but everything is live. What it's kind of like when you are looking at the uh, ice skating, and the judges are giving. You can hear the commentators talk about what's right and what's wrong about the skate. Same thing with Showgirl. They're talking into these microphones that's being recorded, and you're hearing things exactly as they're happening. Oh, but there's partitions, so you don't hear. Yeah, you don't hear what the other judges are saying. And so there's no paperwork, so there's nothing to wait for when um, that girl compete, finish competing in talent. Just go on to the next one because you already scored it. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. it really speeds up the pageant a lot. And you can say you're, as the talent is happening, you're speaking into your microphone, the dancer on the right, uh, Mr. Step. You missed a step. Uh, it, you're just constantly speaking into it as you see things happening. So when they get a video, they can look back on it and the comments should match the video. Because sometimes when you're judging and you're judging talent, I like to watch the whole talent and then go back and score it. Right. Because I don't want to miss the girl's big moment if my head is down and I've missed her big moment. It's like, what? Well, that judge made me see my big moment. His head was down. I'm sorry, girl. So I think this prevents that from happening. And it's forward. It's it's very forward thinking. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. It is. I don't think I've heard of any other system doing something like that before. There is not. There is no other system that is doing that. I know some other systems were looking into it, but I don't know that any other systems have done it yet. Wow. I know, I'm right? have to dig into that one a little more. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's interesting. I like that. I like that idea. That would definitely put you on your A game. Yeah. Definitely keep you on your toes. I mean, after your talent number's over, you'll get this, I guess it's like an MP3 or some kind of thing that they give you and have all your critiques on there. You plug it in and... You can listen to all your critiques. See, I like that a lot better, though. That seems a little more personable when mm-hmm. actually hearing it instead of just reading it. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, good. That will conclude our interview to my audience. I hope y'all have enjoyed this, like I have. To Miss Mahogany, I want to thank you so much for doing this. It has been an absolute treat to listen to your story how your reign went and everything you are very welcome and thank you so much for thinking of me and allowing me the opportunity to do this podcast for you absolutely like i said i i greatly appreciate you doing this all righty well if i could ever be of assistance any time in the future please let me know or just give me a call girl give me a call absolutely I can get you back up here to hang out again for all the good time absolutely well my name is Laura O'Shaughnessy this has been National Tea Time Mm -hmm.